0: everybody and welcome to Solid Steps Radio. My name is Chad Russell, that is Kurt Souter, and this show, Solid Steps Radio, is a show by men for men, talking about things from a man's perspective. We have a lot of lady listeners, and that is wonderful. But our show primarily is the voice of guys saying, hey, let's tell the story that God is writing in men's lives because we need to talk more than just about sports, weather, politics, and who won the Super Bowl, right? Uh, it's okay to talk about those things, but at the end of the day, there's more to life, and the most important things of life are more than those. And we believe the most important thing for you as a man is to fulfill your destiny as a man, as God has designed you to walk with the man, Jesus Christ, as your Lord and Savior. All right, so that's, that's our big, we don't hide what we're about, that's what we're about. But how we do that is through telling the story of the men's lives and testimonies from men. And last week's show depending on if you're listening to this now, last week's show, number, show number 419. It's hard to believe we've had that many shows in, in nine years. But last week's show was our guest, or today's guest, we were talking about the inner dialogue and the inner narrative of man. What's the dialogue like in your mind, and what's the narrative, the story that you feel like you are in, in your inner world? And last week's show was about an unhealthy inner dialogue and inner narrative. We'll, we'll talk a little bit about that today. But uh, today's pro- predominantly about how do we have a healthy inner narrative and inner dialogue. So we're going to talk about that over the next four segments. So, Chad, personal question. Okay.
1: Can I ask you a personal question? You may. <laughs> what has been an inner dialogue <clears throat> that you've had? That has not been healthy.
0: Um, you're stupid. That, that's a constant. You're stupid. You're dumb. You're wrong. You're broken. That would probably be. And it's more of an accusatory statement than it is a dialogue that I, I, I say. I've heard you're dumb more than I'm dumb. If that makes sense. Yeah. So my inner narrative and dialogue has been. You're just not. You're just kind of dumb um, you fall short. Isn't that like you to do something like that? You know, that's kind of been the long range. (laughs) As long as I'm a 50 year old man can remember back, that's kind of been the negative sounds in my head.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, I think, I think for many men, there's this inner dialogue and this inner narrative that we sometimes, as we talked last week, we, we kind of, we don't even know it's there. And that that was the case. So, Daryl da- Davis, welcome back to the show. It's great to have you back. Thanks, Kurt. It's uh, truly a delight, brother. And uh, we're just gonna pick up from last week. Talk just just briefly summarize when inner narrative where it became you became aware of that
2: about eight years ago when I entered into some counseling. My counselor had said something to me that seemed so ridiculous. Um, I should have known, he was a pretty, pretty smart cookie, uh, should have known there was more to it than what he was just asking. Uh, and he said, he said, Darrell, you need to give your permission, yourself permission to think about what you think about. And then he asked the question, do you think about what you think about? And I thought, well, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> and so I said, could you, uh, could you clarify a little bit more? And so he began to talk to me about, uh, what made me feel better was when he said, most people do not think about what they think about. And I was like, oh, okay, I'm in, I'm in a category. I'm in a running now. <laughs> I'm okay. <laughs> I'm like everybody else. Right, right. <laughs> Nothing like feeling like the mild man out, right? And so, uh, yeah, I, I loved that he asked that question. And um, I was ready to dismiss it in the beginning, but uh, I'm telling you after just a few weeks of really teasing that out, I realized it was probably one of the most important questions I've ever had presented to me in my life.
1: I think it's really interesting that you had been walking with Jesus. You had been a born-again Christian. You've been following Jesus. You've been leading a ministry after you got out of prison. And and yet you still had some, as as Zig Ziglar would say, some stinking thinking going on.
2: Yeah, plenty of it.
1: And, um, and sometimes w- we believe in God's word. We believe in the Holy Spirit's power. We believe that that transformation happens in and through God's truth and God's spirit. At the same time, both of all three of us, and Josh here's our tech guy, we all know godly men who are, are preaching on Sunday morning and then they do really, really stupid things in the middle of the week. And how does that happen? Talk about that for a minute.
2: So I think it happens exactly like we're talking about here, that men are driven by their inner narratives and inner dialogue. And I think it's so tacit, so quiet, so subconsciously uh, powerful that they're not even able to realize what the driver is or where it's driving them or how often it's driving them. Um, I I think that, so a lot of those folks you're talking about, Kurt, um, some of those folks fall into our ministry. Like some of those folks end up in prison. You know, we we mentor very prominent people. You'd be surprised of the people that we are mentoring that have had stories that have fallen far from grace. You know, CEOs from companies and uh, airline pilot and various other people. You'd be surprised. These are very high-functioning people that um, categorize themselves as spiritual people and at some point completely plummeted. How does that happen? I think that uh, those drivers... Are driving us into places, uh, so it, it's the it's the hand and glove that we talked about last week. It's the inner narrative. It's framed up. It's got a message in it. It's got a, a narrative inside that drives us into some some pretty dark places, and then we've got plausible arguments working in accompaniment with it uh, that's reaffirming
1: um, that this is okay. So so. Talk to our listeners about plausible arguments. So I I love that. And and so you might
2: think that's just an arbitrary term, but it's it's not. And that term, uh, out of years of of, uh, doing etymological work out of the New Testament, I happened across this out of James 1, um, when James talks about um, that uh, men are uh, led away by their own uh, lusts. And so when we say that we're being tempted, we should not say that God tempts us, uh, that we're we're led away by our, by our own lust. And so um, in James 1, uh, f- starting around verse 14, he says, uh, every man is tempted when he's drawn away. That word drawn is perispopeo, and it means to be attracted to something, but at the same time distracted from something else. And it's interesting that these are both award-winning, if you will. So we're drawn to something that seems like it's of a really big thing, but we're also distracted from something that's really big as well at the same time.
1: So, so in essence, the temptation or the enticement draws us away to do something that we would, would normally maybe not choose to do, or is sin is wrong. At the same time, it's pulling us away from doing the right thing. That's exactly right. And so, and the and 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 we don't even know we're going down that road until it's almost too late. Yeah. You you mentioned last week, I think it was even in between the break, that there's kind of a, a point of no return. Yeah, there really ta- is. Talk talk about that. So there's a there's a neurologically um when we think
2: about a dopamine dump, and I think we shared this last week, I don't know if it was on the show or outside of the show, but we talk about, you know, you get this dopamine dump when we go down the a coaster hill, like it's a blast, dude. It's, it's, and, and it's etched in, your striatum is able to etch that in as a memory that's really good. Like, man, I remember the first time I went down the hill. Remember that? And, or the first time you had a, like a really good piece of chocolate cake. I'm a chocoholic, so I, I get that piece. It's like, man, my, you know, and I lock in this memory because it's got a dopamine dump happening and it's got a euphoria attached to it. And so when we fall into that sin, when we're moving and, and the plausible arguments are happening and we're enticed and we're dragged away by our own lust or inordinate affections, there's something happening. There's a euphoria that's taking place. And, and these plausible arguments are now telling us that the, the end result is going to be greater. It's going to have a payoff more than the consequence and it's hard to abort once we're that far down the road.
1: Steve Ferrar used to say, sin will take you farther than you wanted to go, longer than you wanted to stay, and will always cost you more than you wanted to pay. But when you go down that road towards sin, tor- towards uh, the, the pathway of sin, whether whatever it might be, uh, the lie is it won't be that bad.
2: It, it's It is a lie, you're right, and Kurt, this is why men cheat on wives, become addicts, cheat on taxes, lie, steal, commit, or kill. This is why if, if people want to find an answer to that, this is why it's an unhealthy narrative. It's got drivers attached to it, it's got an unhealthy uh, uh, inner dialogue that has plausible arguments that persuade the mind along the way, and before you know it, we have somehow lied to ourselves and said the rewards can be better than the consequence.
0: We're going to take a break and come back and say okay. That's kind of the, the unhealthy part of it. How do we get to the healthy part? Let's let's start transitioning to how do we change that, not by ourselves but with God's help. So we'll take a break. Be back shortly here on Solid Steps Rick. Ellen and Credit Union has been around the Louisville, Kentucky, area for decades. They can help you with every financial need that you have, whether it's personal, commercial, you need a home loan, car loan, Ellen and Credit Union can take care of you and all of your financial needs. Bright Star Home Care. If you have someone that you love and care for that needs in-home care, whether they need one visit a week or they need 24-7 care, Brightstar Home Care is your very first contact to start that process and find out what's best for you and your loved one. We also want to thank podloo.com that's Louisville Podcast Studios if you want to do a professional sounding podcast or videocast you want to look and sound great Louisville Podcast Studios is your contact go to podloo.com that's P-O-D-L-O-U dot so our first segment we talked about a recap of show 419 which was about the unhealthy inner dialogue and inner narrative. Now, how do we make the transition? How do we have a healthy dialogue and a healthy inner narrative? So, Daryl, I, you know, I
1: just want our listeners to hear how God and, the, and the, the, the tools of the living God, how you partnered with him to help change that inner narrative over time.
2: So I, I love the way you phrased that, Kurt, because I, I'm a firm believer that salvation is monergistic. God does that work by himself. But sanctification is synergistic, that it requires our work, our involvement. And he, and he solicits, uh, solicits us into that work uh, and pulls us in by the power of the Holy Spirit. And so he makes us aware of things, um, and but that's not an easy work. That's not an easy work. Um, so I, I believe that to become aware of, of certain things that's happening, especially coming out of our inner narrative and our inner dialogue, we have to, first of all, be in, become intentional. Intentionality is the first key. Um, and so what I mean by that is that um, I I went, when my counselor said, you need to think about what you think about, I, I began to think about what I thought about. And honing into those thoughts, um, I realized was kind of boring in the beginning. Like we have a lot of thoughts, man, in a day like driving and whatever. But I, I began to catch some of those thoughts in my defensiveness in driving. Like the guy that gives you the finger and he cuts you off. You're like, what the heck, dude? I, I, I wasn't at fault here. You know, and so, <laughs> <laughs> and so I be, but it might not have been so so Christianized in, that, in, in my inner <laughs> mind. <laughs> but I'm telling you, as I began to intentionally hone into what I was saying to myself around things, simple things like that that became
1: a real deal breaker. And, and it's like, man, this is, this is, I got to stop this. So, so when you would catch yourself, did you ever, I mean, you're, did you already almost kind of cross the line and yet you kind of still caught yourself? Yeah. What I'm would a, you do? I'm a line crosser Kurt <laughs> from a long time ago.
2: <laughs> That's what landed me in prison. Um, And so, and, and so I try to breach those with kid gloves, uh, uh, those situations. And, and yeah, it's easy for me to cross the line. I mean, I go straight to red. And so it's, it's taken a, a lot of years of sanctification work in my heart to get to a place where I'm pretty humble these days and, and think about things before I'm so not so spontaneous and impulsive. Um, and so, but the most important thing was not so much what he just did. Let's just use that situation. Not so much what he just did, but what I was thinking about after it happened, what I was saying to myself, and that's where it became, I became aware that, huh, I'm saying some really angry things to myself. Like I'm fueling a fire here. Rather than putting it out, I'm stoking this bad boy.
1: So, so like, give our listeners an example of, okay, so this guy cuts you off, flips you off, and looks at you with like, who in the heck are you, you know, what you've done, even though it was his fault,
2: yeah.
1: what, flesh that out.
2: So my inner narrative uh, would immediately go to vengeance. Like I, I'll, I'll speed up, I'll get in front of you, I'll slam on the brakes, I'll, I'll do what I
1: can. <laughs> now Chad, hold know. on, hold on. Chad, you've never done this before,
0: have you? Physically, no. In my mind, I've caused a lot of chaos. <laughs> <laughs> Do you not see his halo? <laughs>
2: Chad is not that guy. <laughs> so, yeah, the intentionality, Kurt, I think that's the most important piece that we begin somewhere to get on, on the ramp of, of that thought life and begin to hone in and figure out what we're saying to ourselves. And, and, and that's just a simple one. I, I started out with a simple one. Uh, let's go to women. Like, there's a whole lot of inner dialogue. You know, seeing a woman that turns you on or or, uh, excites you or activates you. Uh, And and when that happens, what's your inner dialogue? What are you thinking? You know, are you etching up something in your mind? Are you framing up a a concept? Are you framing up a fantasy? Are you holding that in limbo until you can get somewhere else, you know, to to get excited? So these are the most important moments of your life to be able to get into that inner narrative and see what's there and what you're saying to
1: yourself in the midst of that. So when... You're, you're being so vulnerable here. I know you are married to an awesome lady, Tiffany. Yes. And Tiffany has been such a gift. Um, but let's back up before you even got married to Tiffany. And you had just gotten out of prison. And you would see a woman. And the the flesh wants you to um, make her an object. Yeah. How How... How did you overcome that? So, Kurt, you and I have talked in private
2: um, on various occasions uh, about some of my past. And and one of those things was I was on board of sexuality in a very raw way. I didn't understand what the intimacy was. I didn't understand that piece at all. Um, epigenetically, I didn't see any of that modeled for us in, in my past as a child. I didn't see any kind of healthy relationship. My mother was very emotionally unattached. Um, and so I entered into relationships in a very poor way. And so I framed up in my inner narrative what a relationship is. And so, and then I, I cut my teeth early on with uh, pornography and various other things, uh, and then moved into promiscuity. And so now the most important piece of, of life and relationships is missing intimacy. No, nothing about that. And so I learned pretty early on how to objectify, how to sexualize. Um, I, I don't even remember. Uh, I don't think until I was saved, I don't think I ever looked at a woman in the right way, ever in life. And that came out of a very unhealthy narrative, uh, inner narrative and the inner dialogue that goes along with that. It had all kinds of ideas and concepts and fantasies framed up around it. And so that's exactly what I would do. I, I would etch that thought or that that picture of that woman in my mind until I could get somewhere and, and to fantasize more so about it.
1: How, how did the Holy Spirit... Begin to change that, because because I, I love what you said. G- God does the work in us. You know the Bible says, "He who began a good work in you will yes. bring it to completion." On the same hand, He also says, "Hey, work out your salvation with fear and trembling." So there is this part of we partner with God, yes. um, transformation is not we just sit on a bump on a log and and we're passive. That's right. We are. You, you said intentional. What did the Holy Spirit do, in just in this area of sexuality and with women, to, to for you begin to become aware, and how did you begin to have victory? So let me give you a backstory. I remember in about
2: 1999, sitting at Kentucky uh, Luther Luckett Correctional Complex, watching TV, and I'm a boat guy. I'm a water guy, swimming, diving, boating. That's me, and so naturally I would be I would be compelled to watch shows about water. And so which one do you think I watched? They watch
0: <laughs> so, that show isn't yeah. about
2: water by the way but go ahead <laughs> right well my plausible argument said it was chad <laughs> plausible argument and so i remember rushing back from chow to get there because that's what i did every day and so i pulled it up and it was on and um i remember as it was coming on pamela anderson's there and she's on the beach in the sunset and and so and, and i feel convicted before i sit down to watch it Now, remember, I'm teaching classes. I'm I'm a Christian. I'm living a Christian life in prison. And so I remember seeing that, and I thought, you know, and and I said to the Lord in my plausible argument, I'm not lusting. And so I was watching the water. uh, Right, exactly. (laughs) And so the second I saw Pamela on that scene, the Holy Spirit prompted me and convicted me. And from there, I began about a four-week journey of telling the Lord how much I hated that sin. And every time I said that, he said, no, you don't. No, you don't. You love that sin, and I'm like, "What? I love that sin. I loved that sin. He won in the end, Kurt. I love that sin. And then humility came to the point where I began to ask the other, the, the right question: Lord, how do I set? How am I set free from this? How do I get away from this sin? Because that sin had plagued me all of my life, and I knew it was going to plague me the rest of the days forward unless I was set free.
1: So it w- it was acknowledging, "Hey, sin is fun." or or as the bible says sin there's a there's there is a, a pleasure for a season, a season yeah for a season that's right but then it will come and bite you yeah oh yeah and so wow that's um so he started out while you're in prison watching baywatch yeah. Yeah. um so there were smile markers showing me along the way that you uh, that the holy spirit is is at work in your life yeah. And, you, but how did, what, what helped you then? Did you, did you shut, shut the TV off? How, how did, how did you do that? I, I began to watch the show less until I
2: finally faded away from it. Cause I knew it was hurting me. I, I knew that uh, I, I never needed pornography in prison. I never needed pornography in my life because I've done enough fantasies and I've done enough promiscuous things and perverse things in my life to where I have all those videos running at any given time. And those are the videos I
1: really wanted to escape, Kurt. Your past, yeah. How did how did you, and this is probably the next segment, but how did you help get rid of those videos of your past experiences? Yeah. How did you How did you
2: do that? Those didn't happen in prison. Those didn't happen in prison. All that began once I got out of prison. I carried a lot of that stuff out, and I, I needed help, and that's what started my
0: counseling trek. So we're going to take break. Come back, and then we're going to hear. Okay. He was aware of it. Step one, if you want, the guys goes, give me the step. Step one is you are aware you have a problem, right? So you've got to be intentional about going, okay, I got a problem. What is my next step to reverse, in essence, how we think and those videos playing in our head? So we're going to take a break and talk about how do you go from, I'm thinking one video is playing in my head all the time, to stopping that video and maybe playing that one. We're going to take a break. Be back shortly on Solid Step 3. Iroquois Family and Cosmetic Dentistry. Dr. Eric Veal has been a sponsor of our show since the beginning. If you need your teeth cleaned, overall dental health, Dr. Eric Veal can take care of you. He's got two locations in the Louisville area, one in Iroquois Park area and then the other in Eastern Jefferson County. That's Iroquois Family and Cosmetic Dentistry. And Frank Enterprises, they are a professional septic tank landscaping and wastewater management company. If you have water outside your house that's not going where it's supposed to go, or you have septic tank issues or any landscaping needs, Frank Enterprises can take care of you. Their years of experience will come through, and you will be thankful you called them. So our first two segments, we've been talking about the inner dialogue, inner narrative, how do we... Uh, change it if it's a he- unhealthy one how do we get to healthy in the last segment we talked about being intentional being intentional saying okay i've got to be on purpose being about, proactive about what's going on in my head and the conversations that are going on
1: yeah so D- daryl being intentional being proactive but that's just the first step the second step is what i think ownership i think ownership is super important
2: um and it, it requires some humility. It, it requires saying to ourselves in our inner dialogue uh, and deflating those plausible arguments at the same time, saying to ourselves, I've got issues. And, and, and I think, Kurt, that was birthed out of just trying to live a life of holiness, trying to be in the presence of the Holy Spirit and knowing that I've got this junk in my mind. I've got fantasies form, you know, framed up. I've got all this stuff. And yet I'm trying to live a life, this holiness that, that exemplifies Christ and so living with these two worlds inside of my mind was just, it was more than I could handle. I I, I believe that the Holy Spirit brought me to humility, a humility that says, I like, like, I've got it all. I've got broken pieces, and I need help. That was the ownership.
1: When you admitted to yourself, but you also had to admit to somebody else, Yeah. what What did that look like?
2: Well, first John's very clear about confess your sins, and, and that's, that's never easy. Uh, you know, what, what's the old adage? uh we're only as sick as our, uh, sick as our deepest secrets. Um, and so that intentionality also, uh, unilaterally touches other men's lives. Um, and so when I began to realize that to do this, to unpack this, I'm going to need people in a judgment free zone that I could share my life with, um, and then take the risk. And so I did, I began that, that journey. And, um, and they began sharing theirs. And so that, that was beautiful. It was a mutual transformation, just being able to share our lives like that. And it, and it made me to feel like my ownership was meaningful now.
1: There had to be fear. As you enter into a group of people and they're going to hear, you're going to share like real, raw, vulnerable, transparent stuff. There had to be something inside you that said, don't tell them the whole story. Yeah, Talk to our
2: listeners about that. Always. That's the plausible argument right there. comes right out of the narrative. Don't don't share all that. People will judge you. They will reject you. They will abandon you, and they'll move away. And so, yeah, you're right. There's a huge fear there, And, and it's a real fear it's a real fear but when these big when these guys began to share um i remember going to men at the cross at one point and and it kind of started a, a pathway for me to get involved with men who were vulnerable enough and intentional enough to share life at a different level than i've ever shared it before and so i began i began liking that kind of folks around me and i began to migrate to different people and as i i kind of uh, process elimination, figured out like, this is a healthy, strong group for me. That's when I began to dive in. Um, and as they shared their stories and their vulnerable pieces, I realized that I was within good company. Like we all pretty much are the same. And you know, here's the thing, here's a key. Like I always thought, man, just like you said, Kurt, if they really knew they would never want anything to do with me. But the truth of the matter was
1: they were thinking the same thing. And I think men think that all the time. How, when you when you began to surround yourself with this community of of, of men, no, they're not, you know they're not perfect guys, but how long did it take for you to trust them? Just a few
2: weeks, I think, um, on those early morning settings as we began to uh, to unpack some of our baggage, um, and and it, it's interesting that sometimes. Um. Just once in a blue moon, it's worth it. And so I believe that the enemy works in shadows. He works in secrecy. But when we take those things out of secrecy and put them in light, he loses power. And I tried that. I stepped out into the water one time and just got my feet wet and
1: realized that that was true. And from there, I was diving in headlong. You you experienced, hey, get this out in the light. Yep. And the power of that sin diminishes it does the secrecy it, it just doesn't have the
2: power
0: over it that it once does the, your thoughts on that chad well when you think about uh, jesus said that he's references the light of the world right and jenna and i my wife and i have a have a saying around the house that satans are secrets are from satan when you keep secrets Satan festers, grows them. It just becomes, that's where he likes to hang out. And uh, yeah, I I can see where, when you start talking about, uh, you know, what's the blessing in in the Old Testament blessing? May the Lord bless you, keep you. May he shine his face upon you. Because when he shines his face upon you, the darkness is exposed. And now you can see, and you can see yourself clearly and see around you. So get out of the dark. So I, I, I think our,
1: our listeners right now, you know, many times, I hope that you are in a rich community. Just speak into that just a moment, Daryl. It's worth more than anything I own, Kurt. Absolutely.
2: Um, and and I, I include you in that, brother. We've had some conversations, some intimate conversations in, at restaurants and some places uh, about our own lives that, um, like, I wouldn't want other people to hear just that honest, you know, and, and, and I'm sure you have as well. And, and those are meaningful conversations to me. I, I I leave there feeling not only validated, and I don't mean that in a superficial way, but I, I mean, I, I feel like I was, I was seen and I was known and that's, that's, you know, Ecclesiastes 3.11 says, God has set eternity in the hearts of men. There's some things in us that we need. We're just hardwired for. And one of those is to be known and to be seen and to be heard and not to be, to be thought of as a fool. And so that's super important. And as was, I began to work towards that kind of community and, and surrounding myself with
1: those kind of people, man, my life began to change. That's um that's rich stuff. And you can be in the church for decades and not have that, yeah. and you are missing, missing, missing. Yeah. The richness and the freedom that comes. When, when you have this deep connection with other guys. Yeah. You know, real quickly, Kurt, I think this is important.
2: When we get to the place of being sick and tired of sick and tired, what if we were drawn away and enticed with the right thing? What if we were drawn away from the inner dialogue and the inner, inner narrative, drawn away and enticed by the light? I think we can invert that
1: passage and make it just as truthful. Then it becomes what Jesus said, seek first the kingdom and his righteousness. Yeah. When that becomes our driving force, when that becomes our driving inner narrative, yeah. that becomes our inner dialogue, pursuing and seeking a heart after God, that's a game changer. Yeah. John eight thirty two says, You shall know the truth. <laughs>
2: And that very truth will liberate you. It will set you free. And I know, I love the word know there. It's gnosis in the Greek and it means intimately acquainted. So when he's saying you will become intimately acquainted with truth and it will set you free. And we know in John 14, who is the truth? It's the Holy Spirit. So you are intimately acquainted with the one who's taken up
1: habitation in you and he's liberating you. And that's where the trek really begins. That's so, okay, so we've got being intentional, being proactive, number one. Number two, ownership, admitting we've got issues, admitting we've got a false narrative, we've got a negative narrative, we've got an evil narrative, we've got, we've got self-talk that is not healthy, not, not honoring to ourselves and honoring to God. And then number three, surrounding yourself in a community of believers in a judgment-free, I love that, judgment-free zone, Man, that's powerful. What would be the next step towards your freedom and what you would encourage our listeners to move toward? So as the director of an organization
2: and understanding addiction pretty well, one of the things I come to realize is that addiction is all about isolation. And the enemy loves to isolate. If he can get us to turn in, if he can get us to, to adhere to the drivers within us, then he's won the battle. But if we can get into community kind of going back to what you were just saying there. I think community is super important. And when we think about community, I can think in my mind, I have a lot of people, but the most important community in my first ministry is my wife. And so when I turn to her in humility and begin to open myself up on a vulnerable way, that's real intimacy, that I would allow her to see inside of me in my broken pieces and then invite her to be a part of the prayer and to be a part of my sanctification work. That's huge because that now models the church. That's the love of the, 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 the bride.
1: That's the love of the bride for the church and the church for the bride. That's your one flesh. It is. That's that's You are one flesh with her. Yeah. And so why would you not be open, honest, and transparent with your one flesh? And it's the fear. It's the fear. Always. Yep. But perfect love drives it out. It casts out fear. And so when we have the love of Christ and so I want to talk about we're going to hit this in our next segment, another huge point toward your healing, which is scriptural truth. We'll hit that next.
0: So we'll take a break. Come back for fourth and final segment on Solid Step 3. Hadley Sign Solutions, owner Chris Hadley, has 35 years experience in design, manufacturing, and the installation of commercial exterior electrical signage. He can help promote your business in Kentucky and southern Indiana. Call him at 502-419-7228. That's 419-7228. Or you can email him at Solutions at gmail.com. That's Hadley Sign Solutions. Dan Hart Financial, if you want to retire or want to talk about retirement, whether you're a year away or 20 years away, Dan Hart can sit down, come up with your plan that you uh, need to have, or talk about your plan that you have in place and see if it's a good fit. Dan Hart Financial. So the first three segments, we've been talking about an, a healthy inner dialogue and an inner narrative. In the first couple episodes or a couple of segments, we said, you got to be intentional, which is being on purpose you got to be have some ownership of your thought life and your inner world that you have a problem <laughs> and uh, you got to admit it and surround yourself with judgment free people to admit that ownership
1: and then the next thing is Daryl in your healing process as you help people but also how God healed and and continues to heal your inner narrative is God's truth Talk about that for a minute.
2: So I remember how many times I've taught on this class, on this particular passage and how many times I've parsed it out in the Greek and various things. And it's always interesting how the scripture, I'm not saying it changes truth, but it definitely penetrates deeper into our hearts as we grow in our sanctification, Kurt. And so I remember somewhere along my trek, after the first couple of years of counseling, I ran across this again, um, Read it several times, but on this particular morning, the Holy Spirit just quickened me to it. And it's in Second Corinthians 10, uh, beginning at verse 3 down to 5. It says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. In other words, words are not fleshly, like you're not going to do this in your flesh and your strength. But mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations. There's our word. There's our deal that goes with my Inner dialogue, casting down inner dialogues. And every high thing that exalts itself Against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ, and so first of all, before I can cast down thoughts or inner dialogues, before I can bring them into captivity, I have to be aware of what they are that I'm trying to bring into captivity. Like I don't know what I'm what, but that awareness, and then becoming intentional because I think this passage is all about intentionality. Like you don't just you don't just put this on automatic pilot. This is some work. This is intentionality. Like, first of all, I need to identify what is it that's exalting itself above truth, because that's what it's talking about essentially here. Um, And then we need to bring into captivity. uh, um, I understand captivity, Kurt. (laughs) I understand being brought in. That—that's a warrant. That's identifying the perpetrator. You know, so there's some of that same language in this that Paul's using here. And so, but once we bring it into captivity, now we're presented with something to deal with how do we deal with this? Like I, like I was talking about, um, my driving issue maybe. Um, so like, I know that there's some unhealthy dialogue around that and inner narrative. So now how do I deal with it as I bring into captivity? How do I reframe as we talked about neuroplasticity? How can I rewire the synapses in my brain that when I'm triggered with that guy immediately, instead of going to default and and a healthy inner narrative and dialogue, how do I go to a different thought? How do I treat that differently? And how did you do that? So the word of God is sharp and active, like a double-edged sword.
1: So, so, so Hebrews, you're, you're quoting Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. Yeah. The word of God is living and alive. It's living alive. and active. Yeah. C- keep
2: quoting it. Sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing between soul and spirit, joint and marrow, and as a discerner, this is my favorite piece of it, and as a discerner of the thoughts,
1: motives, and intents of the heart.
2: Oh my goodness. That's everything. That's a, that unpacks everything we've talked about here in the last
1: two shows. Our our, our inner dialogue, our self talk, and taking the word of God and it is able to divide and awaken us and begin to help us be transformed. So it's, so how, how, talk to our listeners how you began to use God's word to change that inner narrative. And to be, to be transformed. So I, th- I think it's truth just
2: like this. The, the Holy Spirit is able to do, again, let me just give a disclaimer here. We've talked about this before, but we're not in any way talking about uh, uh, behavior modification here, Kurt. We're talking about a supernatural work that happens by the Holy Spirit who's in us, who begins a word called sanctification. He begins to set us apart for noble cause. And so he does that every second of our lives. And as we get into the word, it's the word that is piercing our hearts. It is active, and it is like a double-edged sword, and it's separating in a very intricate way between what's truth and what's not. And so as he begins to, just like I was telling you about watching Baywatch, you know, he pierced my heart in a, in a millisecond to let me know something. And from there, I had a decision to make. And so the springboard off that decision began a whole pathway for me. So I think as we yield to our convictions, the obedience of yielding to our convictions, humbling ourselves, and then listening to what the Holy Spirit's saying. He'll begin a work right there. But again, we we have to be intentional. We can't just read that, get up and walk away and think, that's all good. Now he's changed something. This requires some work on our part.
1: Well, it's taking God's word and it's beginning to reflect on it, Begin to meditate. Meditation is a biblical word, not, you know, we think it's an Eastern religion kind of thing. Well, it is, but... it's a biblical thing. It's a biblical, it's to chew the cud. It's, it's to roll yeah. it over, over and ag- again in your mind. Uh, let me ask you a question. Because when you knew, just for example, the Baywatch thing, and you knew, I, I'm, I'm beginning to lust after this woman. Yeah. Oh, y'all, it's an innocent show, and you could we could rationalize it. But you knew in your heart what you were doing. And you sensed the Holy Spirit, and you knew the, what the Word of God was saying, but you do it anyway. Yeah. What would that do to your inner
2: man? So it's, it's hypocrisy at its best. Uh, it, it's it's defying everything that I know is right. It it, it I'm not going to say it negates truth, but it absolutely puts me in a point of contention against truth because they brush against one another. Now I'm trying to live one way and confessing another. And that's hypocrisy.
1: Well, and, you, you become, as Scripture says, you're like
2: a wave tossed yeah. in the sea. Yeah, you're, you're looking in the mirror and you walk away and forget who you are. Yeah, you know. And when I think about the word lust, epithemia, it means inordinate affections. You know, like when I'm looking at Pamela Anderson, I'm not looking at her with ordinary affections. I'm looking at her with unordinary affections. That's what lust is. It's a desire. It's a deep desire for a perverse thing. Yeah, you know. And, and you know, I want to say this too, Kurt. and I think this is super important. The quest has been great and rich and powerful and profitable for me in many ways, in every way. And God has blessed that trek. But uh, I, I, when I think about the progressiveness of Philippians 1.6, it says, He who began a perfect work won't stop until the day of redemption. I think about how progressive sanctification is. Like, we're never going to get it right here on this side of heaven. We're always going to be struggling with something. We're always growing, you know, from glory to glory to faith to faith. And so we're constantly moving, and the Holy Spirit is is making us into an image of him. And so I, I'm reminded of a situation that happened over the weekend, if I can share that real yeah. quickly here, just to show the listeners that, you know, just because this seems like a healthy track that I'm sharing here, don't get me wrong, we still have struggles like just last Saturday. I'm out in the garage painting a cabinet for my wife, and um, we're, we're, we are we're have a capital campaign happening. We're trying to get a building for transitional living for the ministry, and so um, I had um, a few people on my list that I was going to call. Oh, I was wanted to talk to in my office, actually, about some donations, and so one of them was kind of, I was kind of pigeonholed into a conversation on the phone, which I don't normally like to do, but um, he abruptly kind of just brushed me right off and said, no, we're doing something else this year, and... And so, and that's fine. You know, that, that's healthy conversation. You know, he was very honest and forthcoming. But after I hung the phone up, I spiraled. Like I'm out there in the garage alone. I've got a little bit of music on and I'm just painting and I'm having a good day. It's beautiful outside. But I realized like what I just felt was a zinger. I, 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 my inner narrative and my inner dialogue began to go to work right away, go to work. And so I began, to, I, I felt like I was just rejected, thrown away. Like I didn't have much value. Like I I didn't even have enough value for him to be able to be more um, careful about his words. Like he just kind of abruptly pushed me right off the phone. That's what I felt. And so I went inside um, after a long enough time uh, of beating myself up and I went inside and I talked to Tiffany. I said, Hey honey, I said, you got a minute, would you just pray for me? And so that's the humility I think that we have to, as men, we have to have. And so she put her arms around me and prayed for me uh, as she would so sweetly always do. And so uh, I thanked her, and I sat down at the table. And our our kitchen nook has a a, a window that faces the deck, and then the fireplace outside. And so there was a cardinal on the fireplace, and he was he's seen himself in the the stainless steel Ca- chimney. a cardinal bird, a cardinal bird, <laughs> and I I catch him in my periphery because he's going up out of the chimney and hitting this chimney. And like he's just crashing his beak and face into it over and over. And I'm like, what in the world is wrong with this bird? I said, honey, get over here and look at this crazy bird. I said, he's beating himself up. And she come and looks and she goes, wow, what is he doing? I said, he's like, he's beating himself up. And and the second I said that, the Holy Spirit said, and that's what you do. That's what you do.
1: That's what you do. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Listeners, I hope you know that um, there's a way out there's help. There's, uh, you know, we we talked about last week, godly counsel, and the power of being intentional, the power of the scriptures, the power of surrounding yourself with community. Um, that's good stuff. Yeah. Daryl, our time is up. Thanks so much for being here. It's uh, we got a free ca- Chad. We got a free counseling session last week and this week. <laughs> I
0: need with, as many as I can get.
1: Uh free free <laughs> counseling. Thanks so much, Daryl. Would you close us out and pray and pray for us guys, please? I will.
2: Jesus, you're amazing in every way. Thank you, Father, that you do begin to work and you never cease until the day of redemption. Father, we're confident, God, that you are working in our hearts to sanctify and change our lives, God, that we might be useful here on earth for the kingdom there in heaven. Thank you, Father, for these men and this show. We pray that the listeners would be pierced in their hearts, God, for the directives that you have for each of them in a mighty and special way. In Jesus' name,
0: amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Daryl. So if you took every thought you think and every conversation in your head and you put it on video and played it, what would you think? You'd probably be so embarrassed you couldn't show yourself. Well, guess what? Everybody's in that same boat. But how do we get a narrative that is the opposite of that? Well, you just heard it. So we hope that you will be intentional, have ownership, and just turn to God's truth to pour into your mind and have a different narrative. Thank you for listening to Solid Steps
2: We
1: step by